0: So, have you ever been in this situation, like that? So uh, you know you've got a couple cars in front of you, and uh, when the light turns green, the car uh, the car peels out, burns rubber, smoke flying everywhere as it as it takes off, and the truck just kind of moseys along and up to speed. And so my question for us is: How do you feel about the driver of the car when he does that? Do you get angry or frustrated? Um, do you feel like um, muttering something under your breath about him or shaking a finger or something like that? Maybe telling somebody later in the day, man, you should have seen this guy this morning. Oh my gosh, he just took off. Or maybe posting something on Facebook. So here's my post I was working on. Uh, it says, uh, you should have seen this guy. And we, you know, we do that kind of thing too. Um, would it be safe to say that uh, this fellow 's action of peeling out as fast as he could after the light turns green causes us to feel some kind of emotion. Would we all kind of go, yeah, I, you know that ha- that 's happened to me. Uh, it turns out most of us would take that bet that uh, that other people 's actions um, cause us emotions it 's why we say, "Oh my gosh, he makes me so mad or." Oh, she frustrates me so much. So I'd say we would take that bet and we would all lose. Because um, I'm going to say something that many of you, you might disagree with. You might not have ever thought about. But uh, hold on and I'm going to walk us through it and see if you get there with me. But I want to tell us, nobody makes us mad. Nobody causes emotions to rise up inside us. No one makes us roll our eyes whether we're adults or teenagers, uh, no one else causes us to do that or to shake our fists or to even publish those Facebook posts. Um, So pause and let that settle in for a moment. Nobody else causes our emotions. So let's go back to the cars. Uh, So the light turns green and that car peels out, burns rubber, and we're sitting behind him. And what do we think? Uh, Do we think maybe something like, what a reckless person he must be really having to prove his manhood to somebody. I mean, he thinks his Toyota's a Maserati. What, you know, what if there's people in the crosswalk? I mean, he's a, he's a danger to everyone. Somebody should report this guy. Anybody Anybody have thoughts like that? All right? Um, or just me, maybe? Um, well, it turns out that the fellow in the car is actually on his way to a final review with his boss. His boss has put him on a performance improvement plan at work because uh, he has been late too many times um, it, since he got a promotion and it changed his schedule around. And he got up extra early that morning, uh, but getting the kids ready for school and, uh, you know, the dog fed took longer than he expected. And so he left the house 15 minutes uh to get to work, which is a 10-minute drive. So oh, Ellie even has a little bit of hope. Maybe it's still going to work. But this is the third red light that he has hit. And uh, he's thinking he's going to get fired. And more than that, he feels like he's let his boss down because his boss is the one that recommended him. He, he doesn't know what he's going to tell his wife. He feels like a failure. And so uh, with beads of sweat appearing on his forehead, he's got his hands clenched on the steering wheel. He's got one eye looking at the crosswalk as the numbers count down at a glacially slow pace and another eye on the signal. And as soon as it turns green, boom, off he goes, screeching away. So let me ask you, do you feel the same way about him you did a minute ago? What changed? It turns out our story about him changed. He did exactly the same thing, and our story changed. It turns out that our stories lead to our emotions, which lead to our actions. Our stories. And as we continue our series on getting unstuck, this may be the most powerful tool in your toolkit to deal with relationships and conversations and your own emotions, Our stories lead to our emotions, which lead to our actions. That's it. That's the big idea. And uh, it's so powerful, but so surprising and something we don't really think of. I'm going to jump right in and walk us through it to see if you can uh, get there with me. So meet Ms. Pink and Ms. Green. Um, Ms. Pink says, my cat just did the funniest thing. So that's an event. Uh, When... When we see or hear something or smell something or anything, wh- when there is some sort of event. Now, an event could be anything, anything from the most beautiful sunset you've ever seen to uh, a raised eyebrow from somebody at work. And boy, are we able to catch those kinds of images, right? So, so an event occurs, and uh, Ms. Pink says, my cat just did the funniest thing. Uh, and so in this case, Mrs. Green, Ms. Green, hears Ms. Pink say, my cat just did the funniest thing. And what is Green's response? Well, we don't know until we see maybe she could have a couple responses. Uh, here are two that she might have. My cat just did the funniest thing, smile. My cat just did the funniest thing, frown. Right? So she, Ms. Green could be either happy or sad. Um, So pause for a minute on that before we go back into that. Let me ask you a question. You know the answer to this one. Regardless of what her response is, how fast, how long does it take for her to have the response? Boom. Instant. My cat did the funniest thing. Or happy. But whichever it is, it's immediate. And because we know, because emotions occur really instantly, as soon as an event happens, we tend to think that the, emotion, that the event caused our emotion. Um, so uh, take a look at this. This is what that would look like. So uh, she says, my cat just did the funniest thing. Oh, I'm happy. And then smile, right? So it would go event, emotion, action. Or it might look like this. Cat just did the funniest thing. I'm sad. Frown. Right, and and so that's that's how we that's how we experience it happening, is that it goes so fast. We as soon as we have an event, we immediately have a, an emotional response that causes an action. But if the exact same event could cause two different reactions, then what's, How do we decide which emotion to have? Uh, and since our response is instantaneous, what's happening? between the event and the emotion that leads to that emotion. So here it is. Um, it looks like this. There we insert story. Cat just did the funniest thing. I gave you that cat. It makes you happy. I'm happy. Smile. You see how that works? Uh, it's, we have story. It makes sense. Uh, Pink's comment stimulates a thought and green uh, hears it, and her emo- it causes emotions of happiness, and which cause her action of smiling. Um, so pink didn't actually make green smile. Right? Green's own story caused her to smile, and we can prove it by looking at the next one. So the next one says, "My cat just did the funniest thing. I asked you to keep my, uh, I asked you to cat sit, and you kept my cat. <laughs> I'm sad, frown. Different story." Right? It leads to a different response. So nothing's changed except Green's story. It turns out our emotions and actions aren't someone else's fault. Now, uh, the bad news is we can't blame anybody else for our emotions. The good news is we're not victims of anybody else. Um, we aren't at anyone else's mercy. And the thing is, the truth is, stories are powerful Oh, my gosh, these are some of the most powerful things in our lives. So nobody here was around for the uh, Orson Welles uh, radio broadcast of um, War of the Worlds uh, back in 1938. Uh, But Orson Welles was a a radio announcer, and they didn't have TV back then, so everybody listened to the radio. and, And just before Halloween, he did a radio play live of uh, an adaptation of The War of the Worlds, H.G. Wells. Uh, but that's that was his story. But the story that happened in people's minds was they thought it was real. They thought this was not a play. They thought it was a, a, a live breaking news coverage of Martians landing, which sounds funny to us, but listen to what happened. This is from the History Channel. It says, As many as a million radio listeners believed that a real Martian invasion was underway. Panic broke out across the country. In New Jersey, terrified civilians jammed highways seeking to escape the alien marauders. People begged police for gas masks to save them from the toxic gas and asked electric companies to turn off the power so that the Martians wouldn't see their lights. One woman ran into an Indianapolis church where evening services were being held and, and, and yelled, New York has been destroyed. And uh, she goes on to say, it's the end of the world. Go home and prepare to die. Wow. Uh, uh, gratefully, no one was hurt by people acting out on their emotions that were caused by their story. But we know that there was a man who was killed because some people had a story about him that led to fear that led to their actions, uh, it comes from scripture uh, you 're familiar with it. Um, watch as you hear the scripture read for what was the story of that the chief priests and scribes and Pharisees had, and um, what did Jesus do, and how did people respond to it so from uh, John chapter 11. It says, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Therefore, many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary and had seen what Jesus did believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees called a meeting of the Sanhedrin. What are we accomplishing, they asked. Here is this man performing many signs. Now pause there for a minute. What what did he really mean? What was he actually referring to? Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. He could easily have said, here is this man raising people from the dead. That's the event. They knew it. They believed it. They didn't doubt that that happened. They knew Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him. And then the Romans will come and take away both our temple and our nation. So from that day on, they plotted to take his life. Wow. What was the event? Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. What was their story? We just read it. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him. And then the Romans will come and take away both our temple and our action. Well, what was the emotion they had out of that? It doesn't say, but we can guess. Fear, uh, Anger, something, because what was their action? They plotted to kill him. Wow. Here's, Here's one huge event. Some people believed because of it, and others plotted to kill. Others went against all of their values, all of their faith. They had been the most faithful people all their lives, the leaders of the church, and because of a story, they gave up all of that. Ten Commandments, all of that, and said it's most important that we kill this person. That's power, that's the power of a story. Some people saw and heard about Jesus raising the dead and believed others plotted to kill him, so that would look like this. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, I believe. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, let's kill him. Wow, what a difference. That's the power of story. It's shocking that the same event can lead to such drastically different reactions. Imagine the power of our stories in our lives. The implications for getting unstuck in our lives is enormous, literally life-changing if we get a hold of our stories and we know how to deal with them. And we have all kinds of stories. There are many stories that we have. I'm going to mention three different kinds of stories. The first is instant stories. Instant stories, um, they just happen. So the, the car s- taking off, that's an instant story. It just happens. Uh, the, the story of the cat is an instant story. It just happens. The second is ingrained stories. Ingrained stories are those that are handed down or hardwired into us from family, media, culture. These are, these are often very hurtful, unpleasant, damaging Racism, prejudice, gender bias, these are unpleasant examples of ingrained stories. We don't know where we got them, but we, we know them, and we believe them, and they impact us, whether they, it might even be unconsciously, but, we're, but they impact us. And the third is learned stories. These are, wow, these are powerful. Learned stories are the ones we develop accidentally along the way while we're growing up. Learned stories can seem tame and silly and inconsequential, but in reality, they have as much power as any other kind. So these are negative or positive stories. Negative stories, like, I'll never do anything important. It's my fault. I'm not a people person. Uh, Or positive stories. I'm good at hosting parties. I can do anything I set my mind to. Imagine people walking through life with one of those two kinds of stories. I know a lady loves hosting parties. I have, Why do you love it so much? I'm good at it. We have a great time. What if you said to somebody, could you host the party? No, I hate them. I, uh, I'm a horrible hostess. I'm a horrible host. I couldn't possibly. Those are stories that we believe about ourselves. They may be true, uh, but they're also stories. So let's take a brief look at how we might deal with each of these. So instant stories have the power to make us stuck. So I want to give you a tool you can use. Instant stories. What? How? How fast? How fast do we get in trouble? I mean, have you ever wondered? Wow, that escalated quickly, <laughs> right? So, it, you start with an event: um, teenager, spouse, friend, coworker. We get it, right? So, event, story. Uh, you don't respect me. Not again. Here we go. You know, any, we, right? Fill in the blank. Then, uh, emotion and action. Now, we said that how long does it take to get from, sto- from event to emotion? Boom! We have no chance of catching that um, and coming up with a better story. It's, we're done. We're toast already right here. But if we can insert a pause between emotion and action... Now there's a chance, especially if we happen to know that the action we're about to do is going to be hurtful or we're going to get in trouble for it later or we're going to have to apologize for it. Do you ever go to meetings and one of your goals is, I hope I get away without having to apologize for something? Yes, exactly. I do that every meeting. Every meeting, I go home going, Do I, do I have to apologize? No. Woohoo! I win. So, so, This also works very well after the fact, after we did that, right? And we got to go back and apologize. But whether it happens then or it happens right during our emotion, here's what we do. We ask this, we say this, when I heard or saw this, and you explain it, and you share your story, I began to think, and now share your story. So when I heard this, when when I saw, so for, let's just take that guy peeling off. For some reason, we know him, and we get to meet him some other time, and, and we say to him, hey, can I talk to you about that the other morning? When I saw you peel out and take off, uh, I began to think, and now I tell my story, you have some problem you 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 take people's lives at risk taking off fast it's like you don't care about anybody else you just seem like a selfish egotist imagine having that conversation but you know i mean saying something (laughs) like you know and then you say um i don't want to believe that if it isn't true would you share your story with me imagine it's that guy that we actually learned about oh my gosh I'm so glad you brought this up because I didn't know you were the one behind me. I am so embarrassed by that. turns out I was going on a performance improvement plan, blah blah, 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 and he tells his story. And you go, oh, I'm so glad. What did we do? We just took this emotion that was about to cause a horrible action on our part, and, and we let it go. This is such a powerful tool. I use it all the time. Um, I, I, when I heard or saw this, it made me think, and I share my story. I don't want to believe it if it isn't true. Would you please tell me yours? Um, now, that can go in all kinds of directions, but wouldn't it be much better at least to have been honest about your story and hear theirs? Now, you might completely disagree with the story, and, or they might say, yeah, you're right, I am an egotistical thing. Well, okay, I'm glad we agree on that. Um, so, <laughs> but at least we're dealing with the real issues. Um, so, um, so let's move on to ingrained stories. Um, these are really tough. These are powerful they're often unconscious they can cause tremendous pain to ourselves and to others i think ingrained stories at the core of most of our political battles uh, and we and the reason so much of us you know we can't really have conversations about things is because as soon as we hear something our story comes up these people are wrong or bad or this is wrong or bad and that's the end of it that's the story that we believe and it would be simplistic and naive to say, here, use this tactic. It'll work. No. But when we talk about ingrained stories, one of the things I just want you to know, we all have them. We all have them. They came from uh, life and from people teaching us. And I think that God would have an answer for us if we said, Lord, is there an ingrained story that I believe that you'd like me to change? Oh, he'll begin to change it. He'll introduce you to people. He'll pray, Lord, would you, would you help me deal with this ingrained story? And we, you know, we're dealing with them again in America all over again. And I said prejudice, racism, gender bias, those are some of the big ones in the headlines. There's plenty more. Um, but I don't want to try to say something simplistic, but I would encourage each of us to take time to pray about it and say, Lord, what's one in my life that I need to change? So I want to camp on learned stories for a minute. Learn stories are the ones we have with us all the time. These are stories that we have learned, sometimes by accident, sometimes because parents intentionally taught it to us, um, that can help us soar uh, or can hold us back. They can help us soar like I can do anything I put my mind to. Wow. When you'd like to try something new, yes. <laughs> right? Or things that hold us back, things that are like a ball and chain. I I'm no good at anything. Oh, would you like to try something new? No. (laughs) Right? That's our story. I happen to have uh, two learned stories that help me soar. Number one, I'm great at public speaking. Number two, almost everybody likes me. Thank goodness I'm humble about these. (laughs) Right? But here's the thing. You and I both benefit from this. Imagine if my story was... I'm horrible at public speaking. Uh, what? W- how would that be every week? I'm oh gosh, couldn't get any sleep this week. I've been so worried about this. I'm, I am so sorry you have to be, uh, you know, have to experience another horrible message. Isn't there somebody else who could do this? Right? I mean, that's my story though. I. Believe me, if you'd like a list of names of people who prove that the second story isn't true, I'd be happy to give them to you. But, uh, but at least I got that going for me, right? Um, what a ball and chain to have a different kind of story than that. We all have learned stories. We grew up with them. Some are extremely painful and unfortunate. I'll never amount to anything. I don't deserve to be happy or to succeed. I'm no good with people. You can think of some, I'm sure, on your own. Um, just remember that it's our stories that lead to our emotions, that lead to our actions. So, ex- for example, you walk into a room, big party going on. Your story is, I'm no good with people. I'm not a people person. Where do you end up? In the corner, by yourself. And you're telling yourself over and over again, yep, see, I'm no good with people. But what if your uh, story about yourself is, I'm great at small talk. I can talk, to anyth- I can talk to anyone about anything. Here you go, sitting right in the middle of the whole thing, and you're going, yep, I can talk to anybody about anything. It, it, they're all self-reinforcing. So I had a real learned story uh, that impacted my life. I want to tell you the power of stories. They impact our lives. This one almost got me fired. I was back at UCLA. I was a chaplain. And, you know, we needed to go into patients' rooms. And I would get to a patient's room, and I would practically shake when I was going to open the door to go in. I couldn't go in, at which was my job, to go in. Why? Well, if I was honest with myself, I felt like I could do something wrong. This, it's dangerous in there. I mean, I could unplug a life-giving machine by accident as I kick it, or I could, I could uh, interrupt a doctor or a nurse when they're doing something important. I, 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 I have no idea. I could really mess up. And they have supervisors for us, and I went and talked to my supervisor about it. And she said, Neil, I don't experience you as you know, a goof-up. I don't experience you as somebody who just does goofy things. So why don't you take some time and think about it? So I did. I went and sat in the garden and I prayed and I said, Lord, is there something that's causing this in me? And I had a memory of something that happened when I was about seven or eight years old. I'd never thought about it again. But it was so real to me, I remembered going to a wedding with my family. And then we went to the wedding reception. And uh, I was, like I say, I was seven or eight years old. I was goofing around. I don't know what was going on until... I was standing, um, and a girl at the top of the stairs took out her flowers and uh, counted down and was going to throw them. And they said, you know, catch them. And there were all, I didn't realize it at the time, but there were all these girls all around me. And uh, so they throw it, and doggone if it doesn't come straight at me. Now, I'm seven, so I was short. But there was a girl about, I don't know, maybe 18, 19, 22, something. And she was much taller than me. But I could jump. And so as that flower came, I leapt up. And both she and I grabbed it at the same time. And I fought her to the ground. (laughs) We were on the floor together. And I was not going to let go of those flowers until I felt a great big hand grab my shoulder and drag me out the father of the bride. <laughs> and everyone was laughing at me. I had messed up. I had done something that I didn't know I was wrong. And I, I just moved along the wall until I found a handle and I opened it and stepped in and it was the coat closet. And I stood in the dark until my mom came and found me minutes later. And what I learned from that was that even when I think I know what I'm supposed to do, I can really be wrong. I can really be wrong. And I, um, I said, that's it. That's it. That's why I can't open the door, because I could go in, and even when I think I know what to do, I don't. And I could feel that little boy inside me you know, ashamed and in that closet. And in that moment, I was able to, to say to the little boy, I forgive you. You're fine the way you are. And something happened that I didn't know could happen, that I didn't expect to happen. As I said that to the little seven-year-old Neil, Jesus said it to me. You're good the way you are, and I forgive you. And I never had a problem going into somebody's room ever again. I never felt like I didn't know what I was doing. How do things happen like that? Jesus changed my story, and I discovered the power of one last thing, and that is this, our stories get rebooted at the cross. Our stories get rebooted at the cross. Uh, You know, Hollywood is big on rebooting now. Because uh, here's what happens, they, uh, a movie, they don't have sequels anymore, they reboot, which means everything's still there, but everything's changed, everything's new, everything, uh, it, it's it's still the same, but everything that came before is gone. So James Bond, after 22 movies, rebooted with Daniel Craig. You still got James Bond, he's still a double O, he still carries his Walther PPK, but All that other stuff with Sean Connery and all the rest, gone. It's no longer canon. So everything's the same, but everything is new. Same thing with Star Trek. After 10 Star Trek movies, they rebooted, and there's still Captain Kirk. There's still Spock. There's still the Enterprise, but everything that happened before is gone, and everything is new. And doggone if that doesn't sound like 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. Our stories have been rebooted. 1 Peter 2:24 says, He himself bore our sin in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. Now, this word sins, I know that we've been taught that sins mean doing something wrong, right? But somehow we make that all spiritual. But I had done something wrong with that bouquet. I felt like I needed to be forgiven. I didn't even know that. But when I could forgive myself, oh my gosh. And why could I forgive myself? Because I knew how Jesus forgave. On the cross, he forgave our sins unconditionally, by grace, no effort on our own. I knew it would work. And so when I forgave myself, I heard Jesus forgive me as well. I know what I'm doing, and I belong, and I can make a difference. Jesus forgave our sins on the cross, and he made all things new. All our stories are rebooted. Still, it's a battle every day with them. We can feel like we're losing to our emotions, to our stories, to our reactions. But remember, you can give them to Christ because he died for them. 1 Corinthians 15 says, thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And it's in the Old Testament too. Ezekiel says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Based on what we've been saying, let me, let me rewrite that just a little bit and give you my translation. It says, so the next one says, God has given us a new story filled with God's spirit. He can remove that rock-hard story that we have and give us a living, breathing story of hope and wholeness. We don't need to be imprisoned by our stories. Whatever instant or ingrained or learned stories you and I have, they were rebooted at the cross. When you come across one, Lay it at the feet of Jesus. Lay it at the cross of Jesus. Imagine being able to be unstuck and the weight of it letting you go and being able to soar in Christ. We have a new story. Let's pray.